welcome back to another Bear Necessities podcast. You're always authentic and readily ridiculed Chicago Bears podcast. With me again, gracious co-host Reese. Reese, how's your week been this week? Yeah, it's been good. Definitely busy. Um, yeah, just, you know, how it goes with work and everything, but you know, getting ready, getting amped up for, you know, I'm actually, I'm a decent like Thursday night football fan. You know, I feel like it's controversial, right? You know, you either hate it or you, or you, or mm-hmm. you love it. I like the Thursday night football. It definitely gives me some to, I feel like help, you know, brings in the weekend, you know, of course you gotta get through Friday, but it sneaks like up that. on it you. kicks it all off. It sneaks it does. up on it you. does. I mean, it's right around the corner. Yeah. So it's been a short week and, uh, yeah, trying to keep up with the bears while being busy has been, uh, difficult, but man, uh, of the press conferences I listened to, I mean, <laughs> I mean, I mean, you're, you're probably better off being busy when you're keeping up with the bears, because if this is all you can focus on, man, I know that we're, we're not like many of these other neck beard podcasters that cover the bears beat, but <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, but right. yeah, man, it's, uh, been quite the week i i the one thing i hate about playing on thursday thursday night football though you gotta wait like 13 days to watch your your team play again yeah that is the downside to it i mean i guess on in the case of the bears where they've been kind of a depressing spot i guess you can finally enjoy your sundays again and just not (laughs) have to watch them um but yeah, that's probably the only bright side. I know what you mean. It's a long layoff for the team, but man, it is a break that this team sorely, sorely needs. So, well, our last win did come after a buy or a mini buy. I can't remember. I think it was. I think it was a real buy, or was it a mini buy against the Patriots? Oh man, um, I think that was the. F- Full by you know what it was the week after the commanders game that we played on thursday night football so it wasn't mini buy oh it wasn't mini buy but then that was a monday up. night game yeah. so it was even longer yeah it was like a full almost yeah. like a full buy wow this is uh spectacular guys spectacular um <laughs> all right podcast so <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no good news this week. I'm, I'm just kidding. Um, all right, Reese. So let's go ahead and start off. Let's just talk a little bit, unfortunately, about the thoughts on this Denver game. Um, I know it. To be honest, again, like we've kind of set the stage up for disappointment this year. Right now, uh, through three weeks, I don't think either of us maybe took it to heart as badly as we probably should have or would have in past years. Um, this team is just shown no propensity to win. And I've, I, you know, this is what I have to say about Eberflus specifically, man. I, I actually did spend some time this week combing through some of the, you know, previous, uh, or not previous, but this current week's uh, post-game presser. And uh, man, it you would have thought we won that game by how he kind of started off the first <laughs> two minutes of it, talking about how good everything was. It's just like, dude, you're you're preaching to the wrong choir. This is not this was not the team that you had last year. Okay. You can't you can't keep hanging your head on the fact that Ryan Poles is is completely tearing it down, especially when he gave you some potent offensive weapons, one of which who's currently in your doghouse and uh supposedly gonna be cut or traded pretty soon. 
And then the other uh, took till week four to actually get him any sort of serious play in the game. Um, and then the defense that you're so lauded for that's supposed to be following this hits philosophy can't get a sack. I was listening to the Hogan Johns podcast earlier today. Uh, great podcast for one of the one of the few Chicago Bears podcasts I'd recommend uh, anybody listen to. Um, but listening to that podcast and, and Josh Lucas was on it, former player personnel director for the Chicago Bears under Ryan Poles, and he's saying, "I didn't even realize this, but did you know that?" So the Bears have four sacks this season. Okay, so we're on pace for sixteen, which is hilariously low. Actually, might set a record if that's the case. But none yeah. of those sacks were from a, a defensive lineman actually beating his defender one-on-one. They were stu- only stunts and twists. Well, you're telling me we played four games in this defensive line. Not one can <laughs> beat a one-on-one block. Oh, my God. Yeah. No, it's ridiculous. I mean, they only had two sacks on the year, um, which shockingly puts them at a, a, a pace worse than last year, um, which I didn't think was frankly possible. Wait, we have two sacks? It's with- not even four? I think it's two through four oh weeks. I think God. that's what it is. You're yeah. right. It's two. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty dreadfully low, um, which, I mean, we've talked about how this defense's poor performance is directly uh, an indictment on the coach. And, and to hit on the Claypool thing, like you would think he's defending one of the nation's top secrets about Chase Claypool because that man will not answer a question straight about it. Um, especially in yesterday's presser. I mean, he probably had to get asked at least 10 straight questions about it. And he's, well, yeah, we're keeping him at home, you know, There's just no for the great. Yeah. No update. <laughs> he's like, well, now to move to the injury report. He's like, well, there are no injuries. Uh, he's like, Tevin Jenkins is going to be coming off of IR. And he's like, and then we'll do it for the injury report. <laughs> <laughs> it's oh. it's good for a good chuckle now you know his, his, what and he you know, always makes you explain yeah explain the question i, I don't, again, so I don't know think if i of fully understand the question <laughs> can you say that again it, it was so bad that after the game he they had to have a uh press person come out and make a statement about claypool not being at the game i mean after his at least post game yeah. press conference i know later in the week he clarified a little bit but I mean, this this whole Claypool thing, to be honest, is just to me. And in, more, I, I'm not even going to blame it as much on Ryan Poles. Obviously, bad trade, right? I mean, let's get that out of the water. But I don't see a point in harping <laughs> over this. Um, yeah. But like more so, also really poor on the organization, specifically the coaching staff, for not making this trade work out. It would not surprise me if Claypool, yeah. after we cut him or trade him, has success at all. Like he he is a good receiver, but this this coaching staff had failed to put him in a situation that he could succeed in. And like even if that's not a full time on the field, even if that's just a rotational role, like me, I know you don't want to you know have tells in your scheme, and that's obviously it's difficult when you have a player that you know isn't going to block on on a screen, and then he's out on the play. But you can also use those situations to your advantage. Sometimes those player and personnel packages that you put out on the field can be used as a trick, right? To be used as getting a certain matchup that you want because they think it's a pass because Claypool's on the field. There's creative ways to fit anybody in the scheme. If this guy, if Claypool was on Sean McVay or Kyle Shanahan's team, he's successful. And that's just clear as day. And I, 
sure Claypool shouldn't have made that statement. And I know there's they're signifying they might be coming late to meetings or other things might have happened. And Justin Fields kind of signified that through his recent press conference today. I just feel like we're officially at the point that we reached in like year four of Nagy where yeah. like players are starting to get upset by the situation because you guys cannot win a game yet you expect the most out of your players. You expect the most out of your yeah. players, yet you don't deliver. Yeah, no, that's the ultimate motivation, right, is like a player's own pride and kind of money at the NFL level. I mean, those are going to be the two main drivers. And when you can't win a game, you know, players' pride gets shot pretty quickly. And I think, like, Cole Komet was way more honest about it. Of course, his former college teammate as well, and obviously – at least for the time being, current teammate on the Chicago Bears was basically pretty frank about it. It's like, yeah, I mean, different players handle losing and not winning in different ways. And he's kind of taking it his own way. I think that, like you said, right, not a great trade, but it's like you, Ryan Poles goes out and grabs him for this coaching staff and you put the trust in them to make it work. And they haven't. And, and they've almost, like, DJ Moore once again had a big game. Of course, he went over 100 yards in the Buccaneers. But they haven't consistently been able to get him involved either. And, of course, the the most important position, you know, at quarterback Justin Fields, they finally had some game plan and play calling that really suited his abilities in this, like, past game. They constantly neglect their own players' skills. Yeah. And I think that for someone like Chase Claypool, I'm sure he's not being used correctly. I mean, nobody in this offense seemingly is, consistently at least. Like, no one is getting – it's just – it's frustrating because, yes, you want to have an offensive scheme, and having that scheme and building identity is important. But you also have to play the strengths of your players, and I feel like that's really one of the main issues with Luke Getze and his offenses – I think he's so stubborn to the point where he really wants to overlook that. Like he really wants to force his way onto this group of players. And it's frustrating because the talent and the sum of the parts is much better than the product that we're getting out on the field week by week. So I I don't blame, I mean, of course someone like Claypool is already kind of came in with a little bit of reputation. And when all you do is basically lose, had he won? I mean, excuse me for not having the, no. Okay. I want. Yeah. Okay. I mean, <laughs> over yeah. the course of two and, and he starting was traded a new for season. after our last win. Funny enough. So as soon as he showed up, <laughs> maybe it is all his fault. <laughs> no. Um. I, I guess. Right. I mean, geez. Here, can I be honest with you, Reese? I don't want this team to. I don't want this yeah. team to trade him. I don't want this team to cut him. I, w- I want him to come back to this team. I don't. Might be a hot take, but I I view getting rid of him as such a waste and just like giving up too early, putting blame in the wrong places. It seems like he's kind of a scapegoat right now. Like, oh, it's like the mental tough. Dude, just, I mean, keep him inactive for a couple weeks. I mean, let this blow over, and I think that he will be fine. And more so, like, let's be honest, if you're Ryan Poles and you're looking at this, Chase Claypool is a talented player. I know that he's only under contract for, you know, the rest of the season. But I just don't think I would be taking recommendations from this coaching staff anymore as to player personnel decisions. And they, this yeah. is not just a Chase Claypool problem. 
right? I people on tw- Bears Twitter again. I, I I texted you this uh, uh, earlier this week, Reese. That Bears Twitter is <laughs> largely compiled of thirteen-year-olds from Naperville, right? And I I do think that's true. And there's a level of <laughs> of uh, you know lack of intelligence on on that platform for sure, as with any social media platform. But the bigger thing is like everyone's pointing to right now how well players are doing the second they leave the Chicago Bears. And they're like, oh, you get rid of Roquan Smith. Oh, you get rid of Nicholas Morrow. And look at how well he's doing on another team. That's an indictment okay. on Ryan Poles. Well, Nick Morrow, though. Can can we shoot that down real quick with yeah. Nick Morrow? Yeah, well, exactly. That's what I'm that's what He's I'm got saying. a great defensive line in front of him. He's got a great See, defensive line Exactly. In front of him. <laughs> and that's, that's the point is it's not Ryan Poles is putting the talent there. It's because the the rest of the system, the rest of the house is built on a broken foundation. If you if you cut Chase Claypool, if you cut Tremaine Edmonds, they're gonna have great careers in front of a in a much better team. The issue is right now, especially on defense, you can't play defense when you have two sacks in two weeks and they're only on stunts. <laughs> that is insane it like none of these back seven players can be evaluated because the front four are so freaking bad like if when you give quarterbacks russell wilson was untouched this week i mean you might as well not even you might as well drop 11 into coverage every single time no he got sacked by sanborn oh he did (laughs) you're right you just you just you forget it because while the rest of the game there's Still no pressure. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, and w- w- I mean, it's the like this front four is so bad, historically bad. Even like the the way that this team has completely forgotten about the most important four players on the defense is kind of crazy. And uh, yeah, you can't really evaluate players right now. People are like, "Oh, Tremaine Edmonds got overpaid." Let's let's see once we get in an actual real r- real NFL players in the front four. Let's see how Jervon Dexter does when you get real players around him. You know, it's just you you can't do anything. And I don't know what the solution to that is because it seems like depending on how this season goes, I mean, if you have the, you know, top 2 overall picks like it's projected right now, likely both of those are going to be offensive players cuz that's just the way this draft is, right? So it might not it might take a little bit longer. But you got to keep stacking talent on this roster. This coaching staff clearly needs to go. I mean, it clearly needs to go. And you can't run a defense like Matt Eberflus is trying to run without the front four in front of them either. So yeah, you know, it's it's crucial. And I think with with Claypool just to kind of wrap wrap that up. I think like the conundrum is you make the one mistake, right, as far as "Quote unquote," bringing him in and bringing him in the trade, but you don't want to drag out the mistake, right? Or try to like solve it. The way I looked at it, though, at least this last Sunday was like we're choosing to go out there less talented. Now you can certainly question the effort. Like I get that week one against the Packers, it was certainly disheartening. Um, and then. I seem like he tried to step up the effort. There's still some spots where, okay, you know, maybe he could try a little bit harder. But it's like when we're going out there against the Broncos, you know, I know you still have Mooney. You definitely still have DJ Moore. But when you're deciding not to suit Chase Claypool up, you're choosing to be a less talented team. 
And, you know, for some teams that have the talent to compensate or the coaching skill to compensate, that's not as much of an issue. But for the Bears, it's like you can't really just afford to give away potential advantages, you know, or potential plays in a game like that, you know. And I know Equinemius St. Brown, he kind of had that one nice catch, but, you know. This seems better with Claypool, for sure. I mean, you're saying it plain as day. At least in a talent level. Yeah. (laughs) An effort level, I guess you can question that. But, you know, right, this team does not get any better in the short term, either getting a seventh-round pick from him or basically trying to dish off his salary, saving, what, $2.3 if he's a waiver claim, something like that. So Yeah. But... And here's the other thing, like I already view that this coach, people are saying this coaching staff is going to be fired if they lose on on, on uh, Thursday. I don't think so. I don't view that being the case, but I, I do view that this coaching staff has a long way to go to not get fired at the end of the season. And, you know, I, I think that maybe this whole Claypool thing regardless might be a moot point because I just doubt he's going to get a second contract here anyways, like realistically i don't think he'll get a second contract here either way um nor would he want to probably but (laughs) yeah i i I don't know man it's it's just it's getting to this the point where the coaching staff is trying to point fingers at the players and the realistically most of the players are taking it well but we all know who the real problem is and I'm not saying that again we're, we're we've been a podcast talking constantly about potentially moving on from Justin Fields at the end of the season and that's a realist that's a real possibility not necessarily an indictment on Fields but um because one of the best quarterbacks ever to play at the college level is going to be coming out in in this in this coming draft and if you have the first overall pick there's a lot of teams that have good quarterbacks currently that would pick them and trade their current quarterback. Um, I mean, I'm not, I would say that he is a player that's Andrew Luck level of, of a talent and Peyton Manning was traded for, was traded away to take Andrew Luck. So things, things happen. So it's just a realistic situation. If you get the first overall pick again, this team is probably not going to feel very comfortable probably going to want to draft the quarterback and then Justin Fields will likely be shipped out. I say all that pretty much to just signify that we need to be open-minded with how these changes are going to be occurring moving forward. Um, It is partially the player's fault, but that fault is also held by the coach. I mean, you, again, we, we talked about it constantly. No good coach, regardless of talent level around them, loses this many games we were laughing at jonathan gannon the cardinals head coach for those of you who don't know we're laughing at jonathan gannon for his lame hype up messages and he's already won more games than matt eberflus this season (laughs) like and and he has a fraction of the talent he's playing with josh dobbs at quarterback and he played he's played a harder schedule so far so i oh yeah i don't view matt eberflus as an nfl head coach at least right now he's a great coordinator but i think he's probably going to end up just returning to just be that yeah it it definitely seems that way um and yeah i think they're a little bit like their lame duck status you know for sure a little bit of the walking dead if you will just because this team 
Um, the Bears organization does not fire uh, during midseason really at any occasion, at least at the head coaching level. So, like you said, I think they have a long way to climb up, and I think with each week going by that they lose, they're making it more and more impossible for themselves. So I'd say it's very unlikely that this coaching staff you know, returns barring some miracle, and that miracle is going to have to include like six straight wins and, and not just going on a losing streak after that, like still finding wins, yeah. <laughs> um, which I I don't think they have the capability to do. Um, I think this team is capable of getting a win. I think, you know, they can win games. I don't think they're going to go winless this year, especially if Iberflus stays the coach the whole time. But I think week in, week out, we've seen consistently that they cannot they cannot put together consistent success. And that's all we have to see is if Justin Fields can stay consistent from week to week now since he had his best game as a Chicago Bear, um, at least his best passing game as a Chicago Bear. And we'll have to see if he can keep up that level of play, at least, you know, prove. I think Justin Fields can still make a case for himself to remain on this team. I think it's all out the window, though, for Eberflus. I think yeah. there's still something to play for for Fields. Well, Fields is quite literally in the position to make the bears not be in the position to draft a quarterback. Right. Like his, his, yeah. his, um, case for himself is to win enough games that the bears don't have a first overall pick regardless of what the defense is doing. And I know it's not completely on him again, play caller, the, the, bl- <laughs> the blind rollout. I mean, no, he's having to move him. He's, he's going to have to move a mountain. Yeah. But like, I guess that's what it's going to have to take. I mean, he's he's going up against it. Um, at least the first three weeks, I think it was really a, an uphill battle for him. But like you said, you know, the task is out in front of him. Um, <laughs> I don't envy his situation, but, no. you know, still have faith that he'll at least provide something for us. We'll see. <laughs> and I do suppose the Bears could get the first overall pick with the Panthers pick as well. Um so, so that's an option there, I guess. Um, but I, yeah, I don't know. Which would be out I, of his hands. Yeah. yeah, that would be out of out of Justin's hands. But again, I I really feel like there's a lot, there's a long way to go. And it it would not surprise me if we end up at the end of the season similar to how we felt last season. We're like Justin looks really good, but we're not winning games. And you know. I, I forgot who said it, but you are what your record says you are, you know, Co- classic trope. Was that um, Bill Parcells? Bill Par- yeah, Bill Parcells. You are what your record says you are. And Justin Fields, as much as it pains me, because I, I do really support him and I think he can be a good quarterback. To this point, he's won, what, five games? Yeah, no, it is five games. Um, yeah, it's like wins and losses aren't a quarterback stat. I don't think at heart to an extent, um, but, but the great quarterbacks are remembered for the success that they had, you know? Yeah. It's like the Tom Brady, the Pat Mahomes, the Joe Montana's of the world go down in history because, well, ultimately they won a lot, <laughs> won a lot of games, won a lot of championships. So do you think there's any situation where and, and I'm just floating this out. Two things. Do you think there's any situation where the Bears, because Josh Lucas mentioned this, and we've almost talked, we've mentioned this previously, 
but kind of having him mention it kind of validated, I think, what we were saying. Any chance that the Bears trade Justin Fields midseason? A. Or B, any chance that the Bears keep Justin Fields and draft the quarterback going into next season? Trade midseason... I think inherently the plan is to have him play out this whole year. Um, but I think if you're winless all the way up to the trade deadline, you're probably listening, right? I think I, I wouldn't totally throw it out completely. I, I think that the chance is somewhat small, but I think it's just weird, though, to do an in-season trade with a starting quarterback. Yeah. You know, it's just weird because you have to learn a system. It's, it doesn't work I know very what, well. It, yeah, it's tough to do. Um, maybe I'd still give it a small chance. I think keep him and and draft. I think there's a chance that they could both be rostered at the same time. But I think like let's say okay, the situation with them would be with Caleb Williams. If by the end of training camp, I think if they felt like Caleb Williams was going to be the clear starter, I don't see why they would retain. Yeah. So I think they would look to move and, and trade him at that point. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I could see either scenario playing out. They're both a little unorthodox. I guess if I had to give one more likely than the other, it's maybe that they both keep him rostered yeah. at least at some point in time. But, yeah, I, I'd keep the options open for anything. I, this that The midseason trade will really heat up if, like I said, if they are winless by the trade deadline and this really becomes a fire sale, then, you know, you'll at least be hearing the buzz about it. Yeah. The one team that I would say could potentially be like a player midseason that could make sense would be like the Jets, but they, I, I learned that they can't even trade their first overall pick because technically it's still conditional to the Packers, so they don't have the rights to trade that pick right now. They have to wait till the conditions aren't met pretty much to actually make the move which is tough. And I, again, like this it, trading for a player midseason, nine times out of 10, the reason why it doesn't happen a lot in the NFL is like, unless it's like a running back, it's or like an edge rusher maybe or a corner, it's really difficult to adjust midseason enough for it to validate the trade. Like if it's a running back, okay. I mean, it's not like the natural talent tends to supersede any sort of, scheme and, and same with an edge rusher typically like your job is to to rush the passer unless it's a very complex defense you know um so it, i yeah. don't think it would make sense to do that i could i would say the most likely situation would be like a third one where the bears trade justin fields before the draft or like on draft night i view that as a very realistic situation of potentially happening depending on where the bears get their picks but again who knows? We, there's a lot of season to play out. It's almost pointless to talk about it at this point. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think to get an early head start, I think at least for this particular trade deadline in season, I think names you're looking at are like Donta Foreman. I think certainly could go with a team that's needing some running back depth. He hasn't even been active uh, in all the weeks this year, so I think they might look to trade him for some late round picks for a team that's needy of a running back at the time um I mean, that would make Moody. sense i think yeah i think jalen johnson darnell moody the people that are on contract years certainly sparks up which i'd hate to see really either of them leave Me i too. want to preface it with that um but i think that certainly those are names that you'd be 
on the lookout for. But yeah, we can we can move ahead. This isn't a trade deadline episode. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, absolutely, but uh, we will be having one of those episodes, and hopefully the Bears are at a better record at that point, or not, depending on if you're a big Caleb Williams fan. Um, hold on one second, Reese. I'm gonna pull up the Washington depth chart. Boo! <laughs> Need to remember this because I forgot to do. Do my it off memory. Picks. <laughs> no, you're good. Actually, I I got mine down, but. Some of them I did look at, take a look at some of the stats. Some of them surprised me. Like, I'm honestly, I'm a big fan of Antonio Gibson, but I see he's put the ball on the ground two times so far this year, so that's not good. Yeah. But I think I think the Bears running backs and Washingtons are about dead even, honestly. Yeah, I agree. Oh yeah. All right, so moving on, talking a little bit more about our positional breakdown. Obviously, every single week we compare the Bears' position group to the opposing team's position group. So let's go ahead and start off. Quarterback, um, got to give it to the Bears. Sam Howell yeah, has been, yeah. uh, except with the exception of that, you know, four interception game, which you know now is actually just twenty five percent of his career snaps played but uh he has played well enough i would say um i definitely think this is a team that will look to upgrade but well enough to get them to a pretty potent offense really what eric Bieniemy has done with that team uh that offense has really um been really good to be completely honest uh, something that i didn't necessarily expect yeah i mean i think that the offense is in dire need of someone kind of pulling it all together because they had a lot of talent. I mean, I think up and down their offense, like they have at least at each position grouping, they at least have a couple guys um, that, you know, they're not elite, but definitely talented. Um, yeah. Underrated for offensively for sure. Yeah. At quarterback, I'm definitely going Justin Fields on this one, you know, fresh off his best game. It's a short week. So I expect him to hopefully, kind of keep things at that level. Um, it's going to be a much tougher task for him this week, and, and we'll get into that as we get kind of on the defensive side of the positional breakdown. But it's going to be a lot tougher of an ask for Justin Fields this week. Um, but, yeah, I, I like him coming into this one. Yeah, yeah, Com- completely agree with that, with you on that one. Um, looking at running back, they uh, the Washington Commanders obviously have Brian Robinson, Antonio Gibson, nice little one-two duo there. Also got Chris Rodriguez, uh, who is questionable for this upcoming game. Is that the Chris Rodriguez that went to Kentucky? Is that is that the same same player? I think it is. I yeah, think it I is. just looked it up. It is. Oh, yeah, yeah. crazy. Man, yeah. I forgot he existed. To be completely honest with you, um, <laughs> yeah, we talked about it before the show. I, it, it is it is pretty much uh, um, a, a push there but I would maybe give the commanders even a slight edge over us just because our run game hasn't really just worked that well this year, to be completely honest. Yeah. I mean, clearly Herbert got it going last game, but I think that was really the first sign of life. Um, And against the, I I definitely, yeah, right. And I I like, I like clue Herbert still Um, Roshan Johnson. I think, you know, brings 
you know, a different element to the running game as well. I don't think we've quite seen the right effect in this, but I don't think this offensive line is really opening up uh, in most weeks the type of holes that's needed. And I think that, especially this game, I don't think the Bears running game is going to look nearly as effective as um, as the commanders. So I'd give the edge on this one kind of both, you know, personnel-wise, but I think performance-wise it's going to go on the commanders. I'm a fan of Antonio Gibson. Um, Brian Robinson, I think, has kind of surprised me with how well he's played so far this year. Um, I was surprised to see that I think each of them have a fumble, but I think Antonio Gibson has two on the year. Um, so maybe it's a chance to punch the ball out against him. But, uh, yeah, I, I think that, you know, even they made McLaughlin and the Broncos look pretty damn good last week running the ball uh, for the Broncos. So I don't have much faith in stopping the run uh, this week. <laughs> yeah, certainly. Um, okay, and then at wide receiver, Terry McLaurin, obviously they're number one there. They also have Jahan Dotson, Curtis Samuel for all the Ohio State fans in the chat, uh, and Diami Brown and Byron Pringle. Didn't even know that they had him. Uh, also got Dax Milne on the bench and Jameson Crowder. Um, I, I To me, it's pretty clear that they have a better wide receiver room just top to bottom. I think Terry McLaurin and DJ Moore are kind of in like the same group of receiver to me. Like they're, they, they probably rank pretty close to each yeah. other. If we listed out our, I think top receivers, yeah. I would give the slight edge to DJ Moore. I think in mm-hmm. that situation, I was really hoping you're going to see the bears receiver room. Cause I thought it'd like, I get to come here and be like, no, I think it's the <laughs> commanders for sure. But here we are agreeing again. I think just top to bottom, I think DJ Moore of all the receivers is, Probably slightly better than Scary Terry. But I think Terry McLaurin, Johan Dotson, Curtis Samuel even kind of brings his own kind of fresh athletic. He was an athletic freak at Ohio State. Um, And, you know, he's kind of been able to NFL at least still kind of pop off on, you know, some of the jet sweep type plays, but also as a very effective receiver as well. Um, Yeah, I just like they have a dynamic kind of group there. I mean, a lot of them are pretty crisp route runners. That's the thing with. Terry McLaurin like Terry McLaurin will kill you on a route like he just yeah. runs it on a dime usually so and Jahan Dotson yeah. is like it, here's the thing both Samuel and Dotson are questionable this week but uh, healthy I, I, I would say like just top to bottom if we had Claypool I think it would be a discussion to be honest um, yeah then it's close but, it's really close but yeah I'm gonna we're, we're choosing not to play him yeah <laughs> <laughs> trying to give the other team an edge <laughs> we yeah, like exactly. keeping it close we thrive in those environments yeah. um right. curtis Great. samuel he played for the panthers didn't he with with dj Moore? he started his career at the panthers yeah yeah uh, yeah i think they at one point were be on the same team yeah because so. when we play them in 2019 both dj Moore and curtis samuel and even uh chosen anderson christian or robbie chosen what are they what did he change his first name or his last name to chosen no it's chosen anderson chosen anderson okay got it uh robbie you have to at least get like 300 yards uh this year for me to actually start referring to you as chosen um all right tight end uh logan thomas john bates and cole turner on, on on the washington commanders this is this is a tough one I got to go Bears still. Logan Thomas has has been – he's been good, man. He's good for them. He's pretty good for them. 
I like Logan Thomas. I'd be honest, I would have gone Commanders on this one if Komet didn't just have his couple touchdown games. So I feel like he's kind of heating up in the offense now. Before he was totally like pretty bleh. <laughs> yeah. The opening part of the season. But I think that he's heating up. And I think the fact that Justin Fields was able to consistently find him on this last game. That's just kind of what you need. You need a game to, I know it was against the Broncos, but it's kind of need a game to jump spark that, uh, jumpstart it. So I think that with that in mind, Komet kind of being hot at the moment, I'll give it to the Bears. You know, prior, I'd probably go, you know, just give me Logan Thomas. You know, kind of, I feel like Logan Thomas is pretty reliable, I think, yeah. week in, week out. He you hasn't know, you know been as. I just took a look at his stats. He hasn't been as um, productive as he was in what was it like 2020 when he had that huge year for them that he had like damn near 700 big, yards. Yeah. Um, but well, he I got, think like, injured, right? Yeah, he, he's had struggle with injury too. So uh, not going to discredit him there. Um, all right, offensive line. This one's interesting because if we had uh, Braxton Jones, I would definitely say the Bears have a better offensive line. Um, like, and especially getting Tevin back, I think I'm still going to go bears on this to be completely honest with you. Um, you know, Charles Leno locked down on that line. Yeah, They hate him. <laughs> they hate him already. <laughs> but, uh, I still, yeah, I think the bears have a better offensive line, but again, who's going to look better this next week? Uh, the chiefs or sorry the commander's offensive line versus the bears defensive line or the bears offensive line versus the commander's offensive line i think it's pretty clear that the commander's offensive line is gonna look better uh but talent wise bears i want commanders here i think give me either tevin jenkins back which it looks like he's probably gonna come back for the following game against the vikings um at least it sounds like he's on track for that so give me tevin jenkins back or braxton jones I'll take it, but I'm going to go Commanders at least. I think he's coming back this week. No, he's not. He's not going to be back. Oh, he was a full participant in practice. I hope so. Yeah, but I think it's a ramp-up period. I mean, I don't know. I guess he he, technically could, but I don't think he'll be out there. Yeah. I wonder if he'll slot. Do you think he'll slot in at guard, or do you think they'll throw him to tackle? No, they're going to put him at tight end now. (laughs) 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 Yeah. Gets he's got to figure it out, you know. He's you know, like, you know go who's going to show up at ten. left tackle this game? Chase Claypool. Iberflus, yeah, this was all. True. This was all in the plan all along. <laughs> he's been in the lab this whole time, you know. Just he gained up. like <laughs> he gained like two hundred pounds <laughs> this past week. <laughs> Watch Chase Claypool get out here on this pole. Boom. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Just fills all, the sea gap. All those, uh, <laughs> all those missed blocks in the Packers game, all planned. <laughs> yeah, oh, it's a man. deep fake. Uh, <laughs> deep fake. <laughs> well, uh, do we even need to discuss defensive? Actually, before I preface this, interestingly enough, the Commanders also run a four-three, so it provides kind of more accurate of a player position comp uh, comparison than ever. But do we even need to get into the defensive line? I mean, I think defensive end, defensive tackle, I think my mind's pretty set. Yeah, yeah, they, they've they done an amazing job with that. I mean, it was – they definitely the Bears. <laughs> they, they definitely put the picks into it, you know. All these guys besides Mon- – was Montez Sweat a first round or was he like a high second? I'm trying At to least, remember. No, I think he was a first rounder. He just wasn't like a 
He wasn't as high as Chase Young. That's right. That's right. But, I mean, these are all highly, highly drafted players. I mean, they spent a long time building this line. Um, and it's, like, to the point that people were almost criticizing how many first-round picks they were devoting to their defensive line. I mean, people make the comparison with the Eagles and the the, the Bulldogs. Now, um, you know, they, this is kind of what they were doing. They put a lot of Alabama players on the line, drafted a lot of Alabama players, also you know, Chase Young, Ohio State, Montez Sweat. I want to say went to A and M. Can't remember. Yeah, Maybe. I think you're right. And he was the 26th uh, pick. Oh, so. great. Yeah, yeah, they have a better. So he one. was he was a first rounder, but and was he A and M? I'm checking right now. Okay, yeah, but they 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 kind of. Oh have... no no, he was Mississippi State. Oh, I I always he's a, he's in a... my mind I always confuse Mississippi Bulldog. State. And uh, and and A and M because the jerseys are so similar. The colors are so yeah yeah. 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 They got rock that burgundy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they just got the annoying cowbells, bro. I can't stand that, dude. Yeah. I don't know how. Uh, that's why I thank goodness I'm an SEC fan. I gotta watch games where they play there <laughs> in uh, Stark Vegas, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, what I will say is I think there's a really good chance that one of these two edge rushers are on the Bears next year. Because they're going to have to get rid of one of them. Montez Sweat and Chase Young are both on in contract years this year because they declined Chase Young's fifth-year option. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. And they both have more sacks than the Bears as a team so far. So <laughs> I think Montez Sweat has three on the year, and I think two and a half for Chase Young. Um, yeah. So I, I'm, I'm scared. I'm scared for that part of the game for sure. Yeah. Um, we're going to get bullied pretty bad up front, and uh, it's not going to be pretty, man. Hopefully it's not as bad as that Browns game in, what, 2021? Yeah, or <laughs> the, commander, the, the Thursday Garrett. night Commanders game last year. <laughs> um, yeah, true. Yeah, they, they, need to, they need to do better. Um, that's for sure. All right, let's talk about their linebackers. Uh, Kaliki Hudson, Cody Barton, and Jamin Davis in their inside linebacker core. To me, this is pretty Kalik easy. Kalik Hudson, say it right, bro. Kalik, Michigan Wolverine. Kalik Hudson. He oh, played the, right. the Viper position in oh, Don Brown's defense. Oh my god! I completely <laughs> interesting. Yeah, because he he played safety for you guys, right? Yeah, well, it was like a hybrid yeah, safety yeah, linebacker because yeah. Don Brown was Don Brown. I oh man, <laughs> I, that complete. I I in my head when I read that they have a lot of players that are just like football, college football history on this team. You know, looking looking yeah, at Chris sure. Rodriguez, Dax Milne, um, players like that. You know, gr- you know, great college football Just players. Icons. Kalik Kalik yeah. Hudson. He came out, I think, in the 2018 draft, right? If I'm correct, was he drafted by them? Yeah. Uh, yeah, he was. He was. Yeah, okay. I think maybe this might be his final year of his rookie contract. So, Interesting. honestly, like. I kind of forgot. I lost place of where he was in the league. I think during the off season, I had to Google and was like, "Is this man like even? Is this man Stop even playing. rostered right now?" <laughs> so, but, and then yeah. who was the who was the strong safety that played for the command or for the skins for a couple of years? That was like dr- he was there when Kalik Hudson was drafted, and he was like a hard hitting guy, kind of like a Jabril Peppers. I'm trying. To, I'm blanking on his name though. Sheesh! I'm trying to think. All right, for all uh, this might not be interesting for all of our Bears fans, but this is something that Reese and I like to do, so we'll still do it. Let's look up 2019 Washington 
Greg Strome? Wait, no, no, no. No, he's on our team now. (laughs) 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 He played last week for us. (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) Yeah, true. Yeah. Um, It's Landon Collins. That's who I was thinking of. I don't know how I I couldn't say it. Landon Collins. Yeah. Dude, I thought he was a giant. Wait. He was a giant, but then he got... Uh, well, I He's think from Alabama, right? Yeah. Did he get? I think he either got traded to that. Yeah, he was drafted by the Giants. Then he got traded to the Commanders, and then I think he might have finished his career with the Patriots. No, he went back to the oh, Giants. He's out of the league. Yep. No way. There was like that year, that one year he had with the Giants. Like he was like borderline yeah. defensive player of the year. Yeah, he was insane. <laughs> People Absolutely. were. Like, <laughs> That's crazy, man. Crazy. It's crazy how quick things change. Like Jamal Adams seems like, oh yeah, such an old name these days. Someone yeah. called him a legend. Like I don't know if I go that no. far. Yeah. I would say in the NFL, he largely disappointed. I w- yeah, I'm not going to say he's unfortunately. a bust per se because he did get traded for two first round picks. But his best years were with the Jets. Maybe that one year with the Seahawks. I don't know. I still think that was a big mistake by the Seahawks. But I don't think we're allowed to comment as Bears fans. Um, true. We have no leash for that. <laughs> comments, <laughs> comments on uh, the linebacker core, or do you agree with me that the Bears are are definitely uh, more? Talented yeah, I'm giving there. it to the Bears. Yeah, yeah, I'm giving it to the Bears. Cool. Uh, at corner, Kendall Fuller, Benjamin St. Juice, and Emmanuel Forbes. Also got Jartavius Martin. I I think you know this brings up to question. Emmanuel Forbes had a bad week last week, really bad week. Um, I mean, he asked. He kind of asked for it. <laughs> like he was trying to. He got. I mean, I can't blame him too. Like when you're playing that corner position, you got to play with that swag. Like he was all up in AJ Brown's business early on after yeah. some early completions, and then he just started getting cooked. But yeah, that's a tough matchup. <laughs> and Emmanuel Forbes, him, let's be honest here, for everyone besides the Washington Commanders, I don't think anyone viewed him as a first-round pick going into the draft night. Always, There's always going to be those surprises, but he was someone that I expected to go much later, like late second. I actually had Tyreek Stevenson ranked above him in the draft, and they just got drafted in polar opposite positions. Um, I, again, like this, the back end of this defense is, is definitely, um, you know, cookable. I think, I think that the bears wide receivers will have a good night getting open. Don't know if we'll have enough time to actually get the ball to them from their defensive line, but you know, this, this defense, and this is actually a perfect example for the bears. I think the bears on cornerbacks and safeties are better, are a better team. I don't know if Eddie Jackson will play this week or not. Who knows? But I still think they're a better team, even just with Jaquan Brisker being there. And this defense has looked so much better than the Bears' defense because they have the oh, money yeah. invested in the right places. Yeah, I think safety for the Bears for sure. And I think, yeah, I mean, I feel pretty good about that, even with or without <laughs> BoJack. Um, I don't know if we're going to be seeing Jalen Johnson. Yeah. And I, if Jalen Johnson's not playing... Give me the commanders. Give me the commanders on this one. Really? Honestly, yeah. I, I like. I like their. I mean, like Kendall Fuller has always been a weird one. He's always, even though he's been in the league for a few years now, like I feel like his play has still been so up and down. Um, 
I think for the most part he's somewhat solid. But dude, it's just the Bears at corner right now. Like at nickel, dude, we're down to like our third nickel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like true. it's gotten it's gotten bad quick. Um and I have faith in Tyreek Stevenson, but give me the health of the commanders over. Um and kind of having I'd say three somewhat strong, definitely have talent. And, you know, Tyreek Stevenson's the only corner right now without Jalen Johnson that I'm like, I have some legit faith in him. You know, it, it's pretty surprising to me that uh, Kendall Fuller has outlasted Kyle Fuller in his NFL career. Um, he got drafted later, though. He's yeah, he brother. did. Very true. I mean, when did Kendall get drafted? Was it like 20? I want to say 2015. No, that was when Kyle got yeah, drafted. Yeah. Kendall got drafted the no. year after, but he is younger than Kyle. He's like three years younger, but he only got drafted one year. Because Kyle was drafted in 2015. Oh, no, Kyle was drafted in 2014. What am I, what am I saying? Yeah. So He was drafted in – Kendall Floyd was drafted in 2016. Yeah, and Kyle was 2014. So it's a surprise. He actually went also, to the Chiefs for a second. Yeah, he was there for a long – yeah, for the start of his career. Back when they also had Marcus Peters, who was like having oh, his baby. best seasons. That's a name right there. Yeah. I think he got traded for a first-round pick, or maybe not. I forget what they got back for him from the Rams, but. Oh, man. Yeah, this 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 is a tough matchup for the Bears. I'm going to be honest here. Because the this team is... is is strong in the right places that they need to be strong to play the bears. They're going to probably shut down our run game completely. And I have a feeling they're going to be able to limit Justin Fields explosiveness quite a bit. Um, just based on like the bears really need to come into this game, having the, the mindset that they're going to move the pocket on pretty much every play, which I just don't expect yeah. from Luke Getze. And now we're kind of getting into game plan, right? But you need to be able to right. move the pocket. Uh, in order to go against this team screen passes are not going to do very much i at least i don't think against this team i know that you can maybe exploit some of their linebackers with that or maybe some of their corners but still i mean it's it's going to be tough if this this team doesn't come into the game with a game plan that's all about movement misdirection getting justin fields out of the pocket which they did a much better job of this week i'll give credit to Gatsy there you need to have a similar game plan with that and just less dropbacks. Justin Fields might get killed if they do any blind, blind, naked looks. You know, he might get killed by yeah. <laughs> by Montez Sweat or like like every team is prepared for that now at this point. Um I don't know, man. It's it's gonna be a tough game. Yeah, no, it's gonna be really tough. And that was one of my keys was just get the get the rollouts working quick, um, to kind of just slow down. Uh, the overall defensive line talent that the commanders have, that's really going to be the number one thing that you're facing up against. And it's a, a big task to, to take on. Um, but I think that that has to be an early part of the game plan. I do think too, like, you know, of course it has to be as well-timed as it was against the Broncos as well. And it was the Broncos defense, but I do think kind of getting some of that East to West stuff going on as aggravating as it can be when it doesn't work. But, you know, like the jet sweep to Valus, like I don't, I don't mind that in this week's game plan because, you know, we're talking about having to get 
the defensive ends to keep their contain. You got to keep them disciplined. Um, so I think if they can factor that into it, um, you know, that's a good way to get defense moving horizontally as well. Um, but I do think also offensively working in the middle of the field, like you said, the linebacking group is probably the most, you know, the linebacking group in the secondary overall, you know, they can be taken advantage of, but I think, you know, getting the ball over the middle, they really worked that scene really well, seem really well when they had the, the safety playing the middle third of the field on that. Uh, I don't know. Was that the first or second touchdown pass to come at? I can't remember but when uh, he was working that seam. Yeah. The first, that was the first one that was real nice. So try to exploit, you know, similar situations like that as well. Um, recognize the defense when you got the safety, just playing that middle third, that seam route is always going to be there. Um, yeah. And continue to work the tight ends too. I mean, I think that Getsy, you know, if we're going to take Claypool out, then, you know, I guess kind of the next best, group of receivers comes from that tight end room they even got Tunyon in on some of the action so I think that's you're kind of have to get everyone involved in order to make this work <laughs> yeah um fun fun fact about Benjamin St. Juice I just looked this up one of the few players I've ever seen that got drafted later in the CFL draft than he got drafted in the NFL draft he was a sixth round pick in the CFL draft and a third round pick in the NFL draft um but it's interesting yeah, the, the main reason why this team also had, like, when talking about Forbes and also talking about Kendall Fuller, maybe not St. Juice, they got smaller corners. So this is really also a game where if you can, yeah, exactly. If you can get Valus on the run, you can probably block these guys pretty well. Um, it, but if it's not working, you guys, they have to abandon it. I don't want this to solely be a horizontal game. Get Justin Fields on the move. Get him out of the pocket. I, I do also think this is a really good game for um, Justin. to. I think he might have a big day with his legs. Like this is this is a team where Justin, if he can get just past the defensive line, I think could cook some of these guys completely. Um, yeah, and he could. That's the benefit. My concern going into this game is this is a team that, quite frankly, went, well, not even quite frankly, legitimately went to overtime against a Super Bowl team, a team that was just in the Super Bowl a year ago. One of the best teams in the league, Eagles, last <laughs> week. They also yeah. have been scoring 30 points regularly. I think they've scored 30 points in two or three of their of their first four games. Um the Bears have yet to do that. I guess it's prediction time. I I, I hate to say it, but I, I, I think that the Bears are going to lose this game. Um, this, I, this offense, even regardless of the quarterback, has been very productive. And I think they're just going to absolutely cook this defense. It wouldn't surprise me if this ends up being... Jeez like a 38 to like, tw- well, Oof. man, I-, I hate to say this, but like, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to give an exact score, but I'm going to say like mid thirties for the, for the commanders and maybe like 20, I'm going to say 28 for the bears. Maybe they, they get all, all mm-hmm. touchdowns, but just can't, can't pace out. Yeah. I'm going to go with the, the commander's 27 so that that streak of 25 still stays, uh, you know, as far as giving up 25 points or more every game. 
is going to stay. I don't think that gets broken. <laughs> that's um, an insane. I'm gonna go commi- that, that's insane. The yeah. first team ever. <laughs> we might be the first team ever to only have two sacks in a season two. Yeah. And this is a defensive head coach, remember. <laughs> um, this isn't – we're not talking about Matt Nagy's Bears anymore. Um, and then give me the Bears at – 23. I'm going to go 27 to 23. So you think they're going to regress a little bit on offense? I I could see us even potentially building. I mean, maybe like, I I think think they'll still get yards, but I I think that they're going to, they're not going to be as successful in the red zone this time. What's the likelihood of this coming back down to another game winning drive that we can't pull off? That's always in the cards, man. That's like every other game. <laughs> I, I think, yeah, it's a good coin flip. Honestly, I give it a good 50-50, you know, decent odds that that happens. I feel like it's either coming down to that or, like, I, I feel like we could get just boat raced in this game again, too, honestly. That's I feel like there's, like, so if this game starts really – I think if this game starts off bad, like, you know what I mean, though? Like, if the if this game starts out with – two straight three and outs for the bears and like fields has already been sacked two times oh, yeah. or three times, two to three times calling the dogs, man. Like I think it's going to be over. It's over at that point. Cause I think if the bears can't get going offensively somewhat quick, um, I feel like the enemy as far as the offensive coordinator and job that he's doing over there, he's, like you said, they haven't had much issue getting the 30 points. It could get ugly fast because it's just it has to start right for this Bears team. Yeah, if it falls apart, it, it just goes bad. They don't build on anything. You saw how it happened with the Chiefs game. If it yeah. starts bad, it just is going to keep being bad. <laughs> what's so. what's the over under on Justin Fields strip sacks? Yeah, I go with one and a half. Right. Yeah, I I feel like there's going to be one in this game. I think Larry Borum's going to give up one to Chase Young, and he's just going to hack it out of his hand on a throw. Um, oh, then inevitably one on Lucas Patrick, you know, <laughs> pain <laughs> right up in his face. You know, <laughs> just the, you know, he'll just, it wouldn't be in his face. It'll just be like unblocked. <laughs> you know, yeah. Lucas Patrick is a real wild card on this offensive line. I will say if the Bears can't score on their first two possessions, We'll say maybe even three possessions. We're getting boat raced in this game for sure. Yeah, that's, I mean that's, this, kind of, that's my inkling. Yeah, this this offense is much better than the Broncos last week. Much better. Um, well, and the defense. I'm not also, even worried about the offense, man. I'm yeah. worried about the defense is a, a different league. Like it's a different game, man. And I think what the Bears can hope for is that since it's a Thursday game, that they come out a tad slower. You know, just not quite as explosive as they usually are. I think this Commanders team might be able to slip into the playoffs, too, to be completely honest. Well, if the Giants playing the way that they're playing, then... Even the Cowboys, like, maybe, maybe they can get a win on them. Dude, yeah, I mean, they could get a win on the Cowboys. I still, I mean, it's just like, the Cowboys, they they sucker me in every year, man. Like, every year, I'm like, this is probably going to be the year that the Cowboys get back to it, right? (laughs) Like... You know, I think we even talked about last year on the podcast how big of a Tony Pollard fan. I'm like, ah, you know, how do you mess that up? You know, and well, they're just they do. I mean, yeah. I mean, they're they they. 
I think the issue is honestly the injuries have, is slowing him down though. Now. Injuries yeah. and Dak is just he really is like the most like he's like the most average NFL quarterback to like slightly above average. He's like he's one of those quarterbacks where he's too good to to let him go. Kind of kind of like Romo to be honest. He's too good he's to let him go. Like, but like he's I also think not at good this enough. point. Like current level, maybe I put him and like golf equal, and maybe that's a slight to golf. Him, I don't golf, know, but I cousins. Feel like, mm, cousins is below that right now. Cousins, True. even with top tier receivers, is having struggling this year. So, you know, <laughs> future Bears quarterback, <laughs> Kirk Cousins. <laughs> yeah, baby. Oh man, man, I, I I can't even. I wouldn't even be surprised, honestly. I I think. A hundred percent. There's a re- there's a really solid chance that the Vikings will move on from him this year because he's in a contract year. Um, and then you know if the Bears get the first overall pick, they might want to bring in somebody to help mentor the young the young young gunslinger. Yeah, true. He'll true. coach every ounce of special oh, out of man. Caleb Williams. <laughs> <laughs> What you got to start with is an Excel spreadsheet. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Well, Well. I I hate to depress our fans, but it's just it's it's tough, man. It's it's really tough at this point. It's hard to stay positive when really regardless of the team we play, we lose. Yeah. Even if they have a historically I was bad thinking defense. Of, yeah. I was thinking about coming in here with the surprise win prediction. Be like, you know, it's got to happen one of these days, right? Like, why not? Why not on a Thursday night? But then I really talked myself out of it with the defensive line. I was like, yeah, it can't happen. <laughs> so maybe, maybe there's health, a glimmer of hope. You could convince me on one, but I'm, I'm, I'm struggling right now. I'm struggling. Who knows? Maybe. Maybe things will change. But in all likelihood, it won't. (laughs) I mean, I I don't want to seem insane at this point, but when you're coming up on, what, this will be 15 if we lose this one? 15? Correct. Yeah, 15 straight. 15 weeks. I mean, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. We're we're teeing up the Vikings to, to give us that 16th, and then... I don't know, man. It's if we hit 17, I think we actually need to have like a podcast, like celebration or something. At that point, yeah, it's, it's gotta be a, a party, right? <laughs> We're gonna play in the parade. <laughs> We're gonna do a 17 straight losses parade. Hang up man. the banner. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, exactly. man. At least Connor Bedard has looked pretty good in his uh, preseason performances yeah. and such. Uh, the Blackhawks are going to have to save this city from sports mediocrity once again. I saw I saw a funny comment on a YouTube video, and it said, maybe the Bears should try a different sport. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, thank oh, you, man. everyone, again, Jeez. for joining us in Bear Down. Bear Down.
how about 50 Stanzo Grand Fedoras? And we're going to consistently put players in position to succeed. And the last thing, the most important piece, is we're going to take the North and never give it back. Yeah. <laughs>